Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. And today, hello, hello. Greg, Greg is going to give us the awesome rundown of the Captain well, EO tribute. Right? Is that what they're calling it now? The, the Captain EO tribute. Yeah. yeah, it's called the Captain EO tribute. I'm feeling under the weather, so I'm not going to try to talk as much as usual. So you guys will have to try to carry the show. Uh, Okay, it's the show's about uh, something that you've seen. Well, well, well back up. Uh, there's a lot of information that Richard needs to share because um, he knows the inside of what the park and security uh, prepared for. For you know, because there was supposed to be this big event that kind of you know sizzled, not so sizzly in a way. And then I'll comment what I saw and uh, what I think of the show, but. Um, why don't we let Richard right. set it up? We know Captain e- Captain EO opened today, uh, February twenty third. Now, does anybody know is that date significant to anything? You know, was Michael Jackson born? Is it the day he got arrested for um, <laughs> poking the kids? Uh, you know, uh, is not, there a significance significance to this date? Close. You know, I, I have not heard ago? of anything. Not to my knowledge. Except it's the day after what? Washington's birthday or something like that. I just I just wondered if there was. I don't know. Um, well, let, let's even go back a little bit further because, you know, our good friend, Mr. Al Lutz, was having his whole big campaign that we were going to have Captain EO. And there was this huge thing that we had to have Captain EO come back. I mean, now with that Michael Jackson was gone, everybody was hammering that we had to have Captain EO back. And we were talking about it going... You know, should it come back? You know, I don't think any of us really cared if it came back or not. So there's this huge onslaught call that Captain EO had to come back, and we were kind of disputing it for a little while. And then the word came out that sure enough, Captain EO. Who's, who's we? Were you in that little group? No, I the think three of I us think... were kind of questioning. Oh, okay, whether we... because we because. Al kept saying that it was going to come back, but none of us had heard anything, and it was just, and, just one little thing. And D23, right? Jay Rizzullo at D23 said no. Oh, not J20. Uh, the other guy, uh, uh, Iger, said Bob no. Iger? Yeah, he, he also said there's no Michael Jackson at this point. No plans or anything. Yes. And then lo and behold, the word is right at the end of the year, Captain Neo comes is going to be back for a short run, and this huge applause goes out. Everybody's, uh, you know, you know, happy. This is, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, and everything's going to go on. So, for the past, you know, month month and a half now, they've been uh, they changed the film out, and they were doing some work uh, over in the theater. Not much. Uh, I know the one thing I. I did find out that I had mentioned is the what my personal favorite effect was the opt it was the fiber optics at the beginning and the end of the show were not going to be a part of it, uh, and that there was going to be some things in there, including the, they were going to use the move, moving floor, but I didn't know what the extent was on how it was because just they were being very hush hush on a lot of the stuff. So we get so the dates announced over the weekend that we are going to open up today. And suddenly everybody's going to go, well, there's going to be this mad rush of, you know, Captain EO and Michael Jackson fans that are going to be coming in. And everybody's expecting this huge crowd to come in. Uh, uh, so suddenly everybody's getting a little nervous. Uh, today, Disneyland's schedule opening is at 10 o'clock. Uh, they do have the 9 o'clock magic morning, uh, the early entry. 
so we're everybody's getting prepared, and we we're figuring, okay, we're going to have a lot of people that are going to try lining up to uh, get in to be on the uh, first show, and of course they're got this media thing that's going to be at when Disneyland opens at 10 o'clock. That's going to be the quote-unquote first official show. So they got the uh, media platforms out there for the cameras and everything else. And they're calling everybody in and they get all these, this plan that the uh, parking structure is going to open up at midnight uh, for people to come in and park. They're going to allow people to line up outside the, uh, near the downtown area uh, at midnight so they can li start lining up to come in at 10 a.m. All prepared, everybody in there. And I think when I walked in there this morning around about 6.30, 7 o'clock, I was told we had 40 people sitting out at the gate. 40 people. 40 people. <clears throat> Interesting. Contrast that to five years ago when they had no freaking clue how slammed they'd be for their 50th anniversary. <laughs> or for the uh, the Pirates premieres. Yeah. Well, even I, I contrast that even to um, to the uh, opening of Captain Neo. What was it twenty uh, coming up on twenty six years ago? Um, we had a four to five hour wait. The line went from the Magic Eye Theater in Tomorrowland, out the entrance of Tomorrowland, down Main Street, and it wrapped around the main gate area by where the stroller shop people could not get to and from the stroller shop <clears throat> Captain EO line was in the way well uh, I do know that one of our DPN friends uh, stay on Main Street was there and I think Leanna was there too and from what I was told he made it on the morning news programs Philip uh, did okay yeah, he was he was interviewed now when I got there well, it was around 12 I guess so somewhere around there I parked was, over I thought it was closer to 1 I don't know. Uh, you, uh, maybe your uh, tweets are off schedule, Barry. Yeah, I, I don't. I I uh, I left the house maybe eleven thirty. Drove through McDonald's, you know that kind of thing. Oh well, yeah, it's oh. Pro it could be right because I got on the monorail. Monorail red. We're sitting there. I'm like, God, why is it not going? Finally, we get an announcement uh, to basically get your ass off the monorail. It's broke, and we'll get you on the next one. Then the announcement comes. You know, this could take 20 or 30 minutes because blue will come in. Red's got to get off the line. Blue can't leave this station till red's off the line. So, you know, it might be better if you walk. <laughs> nice. Well, well, back. back and no, uh, no uncertain words. That's pretty much what they said. I'm, I'm you know, paraphrasing, of course. Uh, again, back up the story. I mean, did you have any plans to come today? Actually, I did not. Your text yesterday asking me if I was going to come and when you told me what the plan was I, I had two thoughts either one is going to be a big bust and nobody's going to show or very few or it's going to be a zoo and I really don't want to be in the middle of it and I'm sick so I don't really want to be out there in the middle of the night so today I thought you know I'm not feeling too bad maybe I'll go and I think uh, Richard emailed me and said it wasn't that bad so or texted me and it usually doesn't text it's very unusual for Richard to use yeah because you know, he's a Luddite, right? Yes. So, um... <laughs> I like the personal touch. I like talking to people. So I get there, and I'm, I'm notice, noticing a few things. Every bag check is open. That's rare. You're lucky to get yes. one, one little tent open. Well, they're all open, and there's nobody going through them. So I just had my camera, uh, monopod and flash. I didn't have any bags, so just 
breeze right through that. Get to the front gate. Here's something else unusual for a Tuesday in February. Every single turnstile is open. Goodness gracious, they don't even have that open. They don't even have that in the summer. No, well, by the time I left, it had gone down to the half they usually have open. So, you know, I get in, and I see a lot of people standing about, but the park doesn't look particularly busy or anything. The characters were out, so Town Square um, was a bit busy. And for our biking buddy out in uh, Ohio, yes, there are characters out all the time in Town Square. That's from Mark or uh, Brian McDaniel, Brian. who says never sees characters at Disneyland. Um, so I, I go on over there. I call Richard, tell him where I'm or Shaft, whatever, where I'm going. And I get there, and I, and I, I uh, tweeted and Facebooked a photo of an empty queue. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so I started to get reactions very quickly because I well, first I sent the picture without the comment then the comment without the you know i was messing it up so i put you know empty queue at captain failure oops i mean captain <laughs> captain failure nice so the first response i get was captain kid toucher <laughs> <laughs> and then i get a response i don't understand why it was brought back in the first place it had to stay let's move on and uh, our friend burnt toast gets in on it i'm just surprised you expected otherwise, Greg. You seem like such a smart guy. Well, I'm not saying I was expecting anything different, but, you know, I'm going with the, the flow of what Disney was expecting. And then he goes on and another one. I just can't believe what an incredible waste of funds bringing Captain Eel back was. And for what? I dislike honey as much as the next guy, but geez. Then I get another one. Oh, Dan, the news didn't make much of it because uh, it, it doesn't sell papers, but the kid recanted. So we're getting a little bit of, you know, back and forth on on the whole kid thing uh are you saying after all the fanfare it's a it's a fan flop another guy posts <laughs> and then a friend of mine the, the architect friend says there was a short article in my local newspaper and he's out in winchester this little podunk i know where winchester is you know it's it civilization has found him he moved out there to get away from civilization uh but civilization is getting very close to him uh, he has the internet out there now. Believe it or not, he does, and it's not on okay. a, a can to uh, with Strings. a string. Yeah, okay. he, he um, he's the one that's built his own roller coaster and dark ride and a miniature monorail that actually runs. Okay, he's very he's a very um, smart guy. Anyways, uh, he said his local newspaper said the attraction will run, and he's air quoting indefinitely. Um, somebody, one of the guys that have been. Uh, 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 writing on this just popped up with a little uh, uh, internet or chat and Facebook, and I've actually never done that, so I was just sorry. Oh, Oz for focus. A focus. Um, he says, "Sure, Stay I like Captain target. EO far, far better than hunt, that Honey Crap. I saw that once, and that was one time too many." So I responded, "Many of the original effects are gone. Compared to a 3D movie like Avatar Up, Captain EO feels like a bad black and white horror movie. It doesn't even look remastered, which I have to say, it does not look." remastered at all and if that's all it could be um that's bad interesting so um i thought they made the big deal about 70 millimeter print yada yada well i'll get to that in a second. okay okay um okay so uh, <laughs> there are there are some fanboys dressed up and some sequin armbands and there were some there was a couple african-american ladies i saw with sequin armbands and one little kid, I think it was a little Asian kid, dressed up like Michael with the red, the red jacket, you know, and the hat, and okay. the, one, the one glove and all that. Um, uh, so, 
So I go on. I, I said I posted that we would post a show tonight uh, about you know what happened, what was going on, and we try to post it tonight. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we cannot wait to hear this." Uh, love Captain Eel. Would love to be in line. Wish I could. Uh, now Jeff Meandering Mouse says Disney thinks he can teach an old dog a new trick. You can't. Dumb, 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 dumb move. If you can watch it on YouTube, it shouldn't be put back into the park. Oh. Fail. <laughs> now, with that said, though, I, there good. are many attractions, you know, kind of going on his 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 rant here. Uh, you know what? Pirates is on uh, YouTube. Let's get rid of it and do something new. It's on, you know, you know, why do you need it? It's it's on YouTube. Okay. Are the cases parallel, though? You know, a three, a, an animatronic ride through attraction on film is not the same as watching a film on film. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you take that to the absurdity, you know, the far end of it, you could say that could be true for all attractions. Okay. But anyway, we'll just go on. Now, this we get people coming back. <clears throat> Judd, I'm not an MJ apologist, too. Or I was an MJ apologist, too. Apologist too but try Googling Michael Jackson FBI files. <laughs> uh, okay. I know he was probably a big target for false accusations, but there is more than they let us know when he was alive, it seems. So, I mean, so this is how passionate people are about the attraction and the person in the attraction. That being said, Captain Eel is one of my earliest and best Disney memories. The 3D was just incredible. Ryan, uh, Our friend Ryan uh, from um, Travelers looked forward to the show, and then I, I responded back, the 3D was horrible probably good for its day but today it looks horrible um this guy responds back i bet it was laughable compared to today's stuff wasn't exactly avatar huh no and i said it wasn't even as good as the bad 3d uh muppets disaster okay now wait a second all these comments are coming to you via what facebook all right there's a whole string of facebook uh stuff here and i just there's just a couple more pretty much people saying i call it captain uh creepo captain eels equals honey i shrunk the q uh (laughs) stuff like that and um and i i commented in there that because they they made a big deal of this that the um in the queue at first i thought wow they're not even playing the old video you know the the uh the making of behind the scenes thing but they they do show that and there's a couple other little things what's funny is they got these big widescreen high def monitors and they have to show it in standard (laughs) square mode it just looks funny but uh they make a big deal uh a camera was created for a movie, Magic Journeys, the first of its kind. Uh, the show, it was only seen at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And then, nothing. It was like stored away until Disney Imagineers brought together the talents of George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, and Michael Jackson. Once again, this camera is used, you know, they, and they go into this little uh, thing about the camera and then they... <coughs> make the movie blah 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 and they eventually roll into the uh, the old show that they, they showed you before you went in um, so that's pretty much what the queue's about there's some posters it's the old poster except it says uh, Captain EO Tribute um, so there that's you know getting in line they were probably filling five-eighths of the theater uh, maybe maybe seven-eighths of the theater every show there wasn't much of that switchback but the time, you know, there's what twenty minutes between shows, yeah. twenty two minutes, whatever the the uh, the load time is. But time every a new show came, it was getting close to being filled. But there was no no more than like a twenty minute wait. 
Now, who knows what tonight might be like? You know, people are off work. They couldn't, you know, leave work or sure. wasn't important enough to leave work, but they might go on the way home. There was obviously some people there on their lunch hour. You can tell by the way they were dressed. Or possibly they were Disney cast members without their name tags on. Oh. Hard, hard to say. But, you know, they were, you know, suit types. So I go in. I already know from what Richard told me the fiber optics aren't going to be there, which is was a big part of the show to sure. engulf you in it sucked you in. Just, just like they use, they use it in Terror, Tower of Terror to great effect. Yes. Right, right when you back away from the elevator door. Exactly. Now, what was odd is, you know, the um, and I asked Richard about this because I couldn't remember. Uh, the upper left corner of the screen area has this little 45-degree angle cut in it. And Richard said, like, yeah, you know, that was part of the set for Honey. That It worked with the film. Well, it seems really out of place in the film now because you got this edge cut off of the film in the upper left corner. Okay, small, minor, big thing. Or my, minor thing. <laughs> minor, big thing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the, we, I like his adjectives. Well, yeah, you know. well, I was just walk, watching Frank Caliendo when he's talking about Bush and he makes up words and can't finish his things. Yeah. He's looking for that right word, and I feel like that right now. Um, so we're going to call them Gregisms. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. The um, it, the cast member. I don't want to say Landway. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to say. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Wait, wait, wait. You want to use the Southwest Airlines term, a person of size? Oh, yeah. Poor, uh, poor <laughs> what's his name, right? Kevin Smith. Smith. Oh, my God. Person goodness. of size. That that was funny. Sad and funny. But I saw two cast members, one on the way out, watching the uh, eyeglass bins. I guess he didn't do a good enough job because I saw Richard confiscate a few. Um, but the uh, these two guys were plus, plus, and plus, 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 plus. Oh. <laughs> and... I don't think they had spieled very much. You know, you got to think about it. how many spiels are there left the cast member actually has to do. Because if you go to the Disney website, for example, to look for a job, Innoventions, which is a spieling attraction, is listed as a separate job on the website. Well, apart from attractions, which okay. I found kind of interesting. So they're looking for actor types, if you will, I guess. But anyways, this guy tripped over from the original 70-millimeter film. You know, They just tripped over it left and right. And uh, I think he, on the second time I saw, yes, I endured it two times. Uh, I saw Tony from Above the Firehouse on the second time. So we sat together, and he butchered Kodak. I think he called it Kodak or Kodak. A what? <laughs> How do you butcher Kodak? Uh, okay. Maybe, you know, a lot of people today probably have never seen the word Kodak because how many people use film or use Kodak camera? It's not what it used to be. That brand, I'm sorry, is not what it used to be. Okay. Uh, uh, so you see, it sounds like they wrote the spiel yesterday. No. I think they've had the spiel because it sounded very similar to the old one, other than, you know, you know, from 1986 and from the original 70. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal, but these guys obviously had not had study time, or this is the first spieling job they've had, they've had. other than... How many? Line one, oh, line two. Oh, I'm sorry, I made it. I, I added wrong. Uh, line three, <laughs> you know that kind of a thing. <laughs> These were not Jungle Cruise guys. You know they did they didn't have the presence. So, anyways, the theater goes dark. There's some kind of cheers. But before I say this, I should go back and saw I saw a Disney tweet or a retweet that said that for the very first show of the day, all the effects worked. Tony Baxter was there, and there was a standing ovation for the movie, for the first show only. 
that after that, none of the effects work, which I find somewhat hard to fathom or believe. But supposedly Tony was also there for Tony Baxter was there for the first showing. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, but so why? Why that, does he get effects? That part and I buy. The paying customers don't. don't. I, well, what I don't know is if they were clapping for him or they were clapping oh. for Captain Neo. Uh, but regardless, so the movie starts. And I said the film just didn't look that good. You got these, you know, the old dumb 3D glasses, those hard, the hard ones. They're yellow, the, the, the polarizing lenses and all that. And uh, yeah, the laser effects. I didn't see any laser shooting through the screen. Uh, there's that part where the 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 um, kind of the high beam is on. You know, looking around the theater. Yeah, yeah, uh, the robot dude. Right? Yeah, when he came from the screen. Major Domo. Because he was projecting the light. It was kind of bright. But the one that came from behind you didn't look very good. The the strobe kind of thing, when they found a beacon, that was working. But uh, smoke, I, you know, when it, when it crashes, the smoke used to come out from the stage? Yes. Didn't, didn't happen. Now, I said, I saw a tweet that said that all that stuff worked for the first show. But I can't necessarily trust that because... It, it wasn't working later, and I don't know how that stuff, other you know, other than running out of whatever the smoke is or the bulb burning out, why would that stuff shut off all, all of a sudden? I do know they were having problems with the uh, moving floor. Uh, uh, why, worked, I don't fine. know. Moving floor worked fine. I've got a complaint about that here real soon. Yeah, that why I don't know, because <laughs> it's not anything really different that it has to do, well, Greg can correct me on that one, then from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, but I know uh, they've added uh, some additional equipment in the back to be able to make it work, and they've had to, at times, shut down other attractions because it works off of air pressure, and they have to shut down other attractions because they're losing air pressure for those to be able to maintain Captain EO. So, Well, um, yeah, I've got something to say about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Um, we are going to add somebody into the conference here. He is going to be a Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson apologist, no doubt. A uh, huge Michael Jackson fan. I mean, he might have been one of the top fans that worshipped him and probably dresses like him. None other than Aaron from Zippity Doo Pod podcast. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> not bad. We're actually <laughs> not in the middle of the show, but we're, we've got uh, to. We're 20 minutes in. We've got to the point I'm talking about the movie itself and how it was today and the lack of cue and the effects that aren't working. So uh, I know, Aaron, because we've, we've went back and forth a few times uh, on Facebook or Twitter that you're a huge Michael Jackson fan. You liked uh, EO quite a bit, if I remember right. So you can uh, apologize through the whole <laughs> show. Oh, you want. <laughs> yeah, I heard the uh, the last part of your introduction there as I was coming in. No, I am I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. I never actually saw Captain EO in any of the theme parks, though. So I've really? only seen it. How, yeah, old, how it. old are you, Aaron? Have you not seen it in the, the parks? I'm 24, but I don't know. Growing up with my family, we, we never did anything at Epcot. I mean, we went to Epcot and walked around and never did anything. What? So somehow... You're not the first person I've heard that from, so that doesn't necessarily surprise me. And the theater it was at wasn't exactly on the beaten path. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of hidden off on the backside. Yeah, you could come out of uh, the Imagination Pavilion and think, what's that building over there? It looks like restrooms. Let's just move on. Um, So, anyways, the movie itself, 
uh, you didn't hear that this part yet, but didn't seem like it was remastered. It was supposed to have been remastered, but yeah, you know, it, the the sound system was also very lackluster. It and Richard said they were claiming to put a new one in. The bass could have been double what it uh, was playing. I think to make it more effective. I I mean that was I thought part of that era of Michael Jackson music was that thumping bass. You know that. And the funny thing is, you, you stand on the exit. Uh, side right there where the exit of the uh, the theater and the exit of course Space Mountain and the Starcade you have I, I forgot what that sounded like I uh, you do have that thumping with the uh, uh, music going you can hear it outside so it sounds exactly the same as what I remember in the past yeah exactly remember saying, that 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 last song I uh, when I was in the that was about the time I was in the Air Force too. And I had a um, little Nissan hardbody pickup. I spent a fair amount of money on some speakers and a big subwoofer in the back. And I liked that a fair song. Fair amount of money. And I, I cranked up the uh, the bass a lot. You know, as I wasn't like one of those guys that all you hear is bass. But I like to feel the bass. And I like unless you were standing outside your truck and then that's all you heard. But that's yeah. You can you can imagine Greg just thumping down the street, right? Oh yeah, that that makes a whole lot. Now, there's a whole new level of uh, pictures people will be manipulating next week. <laughs> <laughs> So you're admitting that you rock out to a Michael Jackson song on occasion? On occasion. Now, okay. the, the old stuff. I wasn't, yeah, you know, bad was good. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Bad was Even good worse was better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Weird Al. <laughs> bad. I'll, ag- awesome. I'll agree with that. And Thriller, right? Thriller, thriller was good. I kind of lost it. But that's it, it for I, me. I don't remember the video, but he's flying around in a little airplane. It's kind of animated. I thought it was the dumbest <laughs> song and video and... The we are the world and all the other uh, stuff. That was a that was a waste. Um, oh, you want to hear a waste? And Aaron should be up on all this stuff because I know you're big into the music stuff and the movies. That new we are the world recording, it sounds yeah. like a bunch of screeching. Yeah, I totally agree with like a uh, little Wayne in there with the auto tune. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> the, I felt like I mean it was plenty loud, but I thought it was a little lacking on the bass. Now, here's where I felt violated in the movie, and I do mean violated. They've got the floor that Frank moves, knows about being violated. Which, which is yes, because we know we know about his history with. I wasn't in the navy. <laughs> no, um, but the but, floor uh, moves just like from Honey I Shrunk the Kid. But I think they overdid it. Yeah, when it, the ship crashed, should you feel it when you're watching the ship from the outside? I don't know. If you were watching when you're on the inside of the ship and it's getting hit, it shakes a little. It makes some sense. Did that but, happen in the original? No, because the floor, oh, the floor was solid. That moving floor was added for Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yeah. Right. So we, uh, and you've seen the movie, I take it on YouTube, Aaron. Yeah, right? yeah. So we get to the dance sequences. Good dance sequences, though I, I, I don't know if I noticed this before, but it kind of rang a bell. There's a point where these two robot-looking dudes come out, right, and they're dancing next to them. The whip guards, I think is what Yeah, I think so. One guy's really into it. The other guy looks like he's doing the robot and he's not sure if he should be into it or just go through the moves. So you got one guy kind of like hipping and rocking and the other guy going, uh, 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 you know. But regardless, <laughs> at that point, the floor is moving all the time. And it's not quite on the beat. But if you can imagine, those songs are, that sequence is quite long. Because though the song may be two and a half, three minutes, there's this kind of um, uh, transition to where he fights and then the song finishes it do that whole thing that floor is just going up and down you can just see the people in front of you their heads bobbing 
and you almost <laughs> felt violated. I mean, this could have been in the theater for Bugs Life with the, the chairs poking you. And Constantly, the effect, to the beat of music, yeah, poke, the effect poke, would have been poke, about poke. The that sounds just the, like the stupidest thing. Oh, yeah, Tony thought the same thing. And a few kids, when <laughs> this was kind of odd. There's, a, one, there's one moonwalk in the movie. And in the both times I saw it, the only reason I went twice is I forgot to push the record button the second time on that stupid little recorder. So oh, I did so it. you got audio of this then? Uh, it, was, it was pretty, and I lowered it a lot. It was kind of blown out. I might have to do it again. But um, uh, when the, when the when he did the moonwalk, there was a definite pockets of cheering. People who knew who Michael Jackson was or knew who what the moonwalk was. Because I oh, saw come on. everyone there knows who Michael Jackson is and and what the moonwalk is, right? Believe it or not, I would say no because I what I found was this was very similar to when I took my 15, 16 year old daughter to see the the anniversary release of. Um, uh, what was that Linda Blair head spinning movie? Exorcist. Exorcist. <laughs> what, nice way. <laughs> yeah. The, what the crowd was was guys my age or parents my age seeing it again because they hadn't seen it since they were in high school or maybe seeing it with their kids. You know, and there were a few of them commenting, oh, yeah, that's right. Bring your daughter to this. And then I forgot how foul, <laughs> how foul that movie was at points. But it was kind of like that. There was a lot of people my age or close to my age and a lot of like young kids that they were introducing the movie to and yeah. you know and there were some obvious fans because of the shirts they were wearing the clothes they were wearing um and then there were some going what's this captain eo thing i guess i better go try this you know so i would say that because when he first came on the screen there was you know pockets of clapping and some just people i guess who probably respectfully sit there and watch the movie without making a lot of comments because there was you know comments here and oh space cowboy you'd hear all these little rude comments through the movie also um so there was a couple moments of clap to clap and enjoying you know the moonwalk when he's first introduced the snickers when he says we're, we're going, going in, in. <laughs> i was gonna say how was that we one? always we always laughed at that though that we come on that's true that's true because that's our juvenile type of sense of humor um so from that, but that, that floor just kept moving and a few of the people I talked to did not like that either. It was just like up and down and a couple of times it'd be kind of beyond beat. They could have cut it in half and just, they could have like, let's say, accentuated the base with the floor. And I think it would have been really great. I think they overdid it. Now, could this be a problem that they're still trying to work out? Possibly because the smoke wasn't working. The lasers weren't working. Uh, of course, the fiber optics aren't even in there anymore. Well, when I was ta- when I was talking to one of the uh, ride operators in Tomorrowland, not associated with the with that particular attraction, but one of the other attractions, she was telling me that it's well known they are still trying to get the effects to work properly. They're not working right, but they I, I wanted to get the show well going. So I, I just don't get that. I mean, it's not like they haven't done this before. It's not like they do this. Don't do this all over the park. Well, how about how about program. waiting till you get it right before you well, roll it out, right? There, there well, is that. one of the things is they kept promising that it was going to open before February, and before it was going to open up in February. Well, February only has what less than a week to go, and in the meantime, uh, a comment that was made today by one of the guys, and it's very valid. It's a good thing that we opened up in the middle of the week and not on a weekend, because if we were to have any problems. At least in the middle of the week, it's a little easier to manage than on a weekend, and we and we can work towards the weekend. We know where the problems are going to be by the time the weekend comes, and we can and adjust towards for those. 
I, yeah, that that's in some ways could be smart, but it just shouldn't be rocket science either. It's not like they haven't done this before. Um, so, Aaron, what's you've seen the film, like you said, not, <coughs> not in a theater. What was your impression of the film as a whole? Your your big film. I don't I don't know if I should call you a critic, uh, aficionado, buff, buff. How you want to, you know, paddle, that. paddle I, I, yourself, Aaron. Why don't you tell Aaron, us? What well, you- first, Aaron, and, and don't take any you know uh, offense at this, but I met. Leonard Malton a couple weeks ago, and you are, no, just kidding. Um, so how do you, <laughs> and you're no Leonard Malton. Is that where you're going? Yeah. How are you? How, yeah. Uh, describe how you would look at yourself when you um, do the movie reviews and those kind of things. Uh, that's. I mean, I don't know. I, I call myself a film critic. I don't call myself a Leonard Malton, but I will point out that Leonard Malton cites to our website, ultimatedisney.com. There's a plug for you as one of his favorite websites for movie reviews uh, on leonardmalton.com or whatever his site is. So well, that's, I would say that is... That's some validation for you. A, a big validation because I really respect Leonard Malton, the work he's done. I did not realize until I went to this event with him um, that he, he published his first review book. I think he was 18. Wow, I did not know that. He that was is- young. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, and it was, it was comprehensive. He was very young. So that's why when I start talking about his age, I'm thinking, how old were you when you did your first book? And it came up somewhere during the, the recording, which is on Imaginary My Way, if you guys want to check a prior show. So you've seen the movie, and a lot of people have complained about the inconsistencies in the movie, the discrepancies in the movie, so on and so forth. And I have, I will, you know, Say to this day, I still think the movie's bad, but the music is good. What's your opinion on the movie? Uh, I basically agree with that. I mean, to me, and again, I've seen this once, maybe twice on YouTube, and it's been a while. But, I mean, to me, it is a glorified Michael Jackson music video, uh, much more than it is a short film of any kind. But I'm totally okay with it being just a Michael Jackson music video. Because you're a huge Michael Jackson fan. So as long as as he showed up there and didn't trip over himself or look like a dork, you would be good with it. Yeah, well, and I mean, this came out in what? In, in the 80s 86. sometimes. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, Michael Jackson is huge at this point, and so... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. To take something that is, you know, this important to culture at the time and to bring it to life in a, in a 3D kind of immersive way, I think is a cool thing to do. And music video, I mean, even as, as an art form, was sort of in its peak at this time. So to bring a music video into three dimensions, I think, was... It's a cool enough thing to do to justify it just being a music video. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Richard, not to cut you off, but when Leonard, when we, um, I heard one of the puppeteers talk at uh, Paul Berry's Friends of the Magic thing. Uh, she talked about how Michael Jackson, you know, was a genius in a lot of ways. Yeah, she goes, I'm not going into his personal life, but as a performer, he was a genius. And so what I, getting from her and the way they described it maybe Richard because Richard's working at the park and then comment on this is this Terry Harden you're talking about yeah Terry Harden thank you um, they would show you know there was a choreo- uh, choreo- choreographer and she would do the dance moves <laughs> and they'd say well do you want me to do it again no I'm I'm good and he could just watch it once and do it it didn't sound like he had a lot of input on the dance like it was pretty much done I don't want to say for him, but choreographed. But after watching it again, I thought, you know, this reminds me a lot of Thriller in a way. And then yes. the movie re- reminded me a lot of Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going <laughs> through this valley or this the contraption or whatever. Look like the 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 uh, part of the, the the Death Star you go through when they're shooting at you. Um, so there's a lot of similarities between a, a later that. 
Let's see, Star Tours a later project or an earlier project? Star Tours opened Star a year Tours. later, right? Eighty-seven. Yeah, not quite a full year later. Yeah, so there was some similarities to that movie and the sequence of it flying. Well, don't forget your quote-unquote writer of your Star Tours story and of Captain Neo is the same man, George Lucas. Makes, it, makes some producer sense. Producer of it there. <laughs> well, was he the writer or the producer? Of it? <laughs> Well, okay, I'm sure, I don't know if he has producing credit for Star Tours, right. but I know he has producing credit for EO. Oh, I know, but, but producer doesn't mean writer. No, it does not. Your storyline. Your storyline. still line. doesn't necessarily mean the storyline came from the producer. A lot of times producers are brought on to take this story and make it. Because they have the cast. Well, he, he is the producer of Captain EO. Oh, I know that, but... Um, I don't know if he would be classified as, quote-unquote, the producer of the attraction Star Tours. Okay, forget Although about Star Tours. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarities uh, between some of the sequences, space sequence, flying sequences. The dance reminded me a lot of the thriller type, but that was that. Ryan, believe, Ryan could I, maybe correct me, or I'm sorry, Ryan, Aaron. That seemed to be the big dance kind of moves of the day, right? He's not too yeah. far off a thriller. Yeah, it's, it's a very Michael Jackson dance. Yeah, but I think also you had the same choreographer from Thriller for Captain Neo. Oh, I don't know. I was going to ask Aaron if he knew. Um, did Michael choreograph a lot of his own stuff, or early in the days was he being helped out a lot with? That? I mean, yes, fantastic dancer, but not all dancers are choreo choreographers. Also, they 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 take what <laughs> given to them, kind of put their own little bit of themselves into it. That was. Uh, do yeah. you know anything about that? Michael choreographed a lot of his own stuff. Now, I'm sure he worked with other choreographers, uh, but I mean, I, have you seen This Is It? Yes. No, oh, yeah. no, I'm I have sorry. Not seen no, I've only seen it. clips. I'm waiting until I can get it on Netflix because I didn't want to pay for it. Okay, well, you see him there like doing a lot of the choreography for the show on his own. But even in the music videos, he did a lot of it on his own. I'm sure he worked with other choreographers as well. Uh, to me, Captain EO, the dancing going on there looks like the same kind of choreography work that is associated with Michael Jackson in his other music videos. That would lead me to believe that he was probably involved with the choreography there. But, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. Or, or working with the same choreographer kind of knowing his stuff now um here's something for here's a little side tangent aaron you we we kind of went back and forth at the time the academy awards were announced the nominees yeah why would this why would not that's not why would this <laughs> is it not qualify as a documentary well it qualifies as documentary it had something to do with the release date that was it, there was nothing about like the the form of the movie that kept it out from the category it just it that the, that category has a different deadline for release, and that's what kept uh, This Is It out. Okay, because I know some people are all over the web going, why wasn't this Best Picture? I'm like, I could see it, you know, for a documentary, but Best Picture? Mm. But uh, I haven't seen it, so, you know, I'm, I'm making my skewed opinion based on what I think of concert videos. Prior to having seen it, I didn't think that This Is It would have had a Best Picture shot. After seeing it, I thought it was a dark horse potential you know it had some it had an outside shot i never really expected it to happen uh, i think it would have been a worthy best picture nominee because i think that it really exists as a movie not just a concert documentary uh but i mean it didn't happen and i wasn't surprised that it didn't happen i, I wonder if he hadn't died if we could say the same thing because the uh, the whole i know they were filming to do something but would it have been the same piece that ended up um as this is it is what i'm you know, i don't think so no, I don't think Kenny Ortega, the director, I don't think he would have told the story in the same way had Michael Jackson not died. I mean, it's definitely made to be a commemorative piece, uh, and I think so much of the story is 
the story of a man's last hours as a performer. So, I mean, it just wouldn't have been the same movie had he not died. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it on Netflix. Now, that's a good transition to why is Captain EO back? Uh, they, they're calling it uh, Captain EO Tribute. If he had not died, would Disney have ever brought this back? No way. Is that Probably not. Pretty much? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So, again, uh, why do this? Bad precedents for old movies or... Uh, attractions to bring them back why not bring it back here and walt disney world why just the californians get to experience well if if you believe if you believe a certain insider right uh, the management at disney world chickened out on the costs to bring it back Uh, that wouldn't be the first time you know disney world management hasn't been a fan of nightmare before christmas for example and the mansion so they don't have it so you know who knows so, yeah, there you Ryan, go. Now, Aaron, so I don't know why I keep saying Brian, Aaron. Aaron, would you make a special trip out to Disneyland? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even today I was looking to see if it would be affordable <laughs> for me to fly out there this weekend for one night. But oh, it, it's screw not that. You come in May. Yeah, well, I've got exams. In this, <laughs> now, uh, your exams, that's for law school, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm in my third and final year of uh, law school, for those of listeners who don't know. So you're in your seventh year of school. Yeah, seventh year of higher education. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then the and then the bar. You, what you I notice how he qualified that? Yeah, higher <laughs> like education. Like the shark lawyer that he's. Gonna yeah, do. well, twentieth uh, yeah. year of school. I mean, if, if you want to. Well, yeah. You know, did you do the junior college years? You went straight to a university. Uh, I just uh, high school straight into college, straight into law school. Okay, so what what state are you going to be taking the bar in? North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So you would. Uh, you're a big enough fan that this attraction would bring you out so you are kind of the demographic i guess you would say disney is looking for you would make a special trip to disney to see this yeah and not just because i'm a michael jackson fan that's part of it but i'm also a fan of you know disneyland history and disney history and this was you know a major attraction for a long time that i never got to see so it's also that side of it i want i want to come see a piece of disney history that's been brought back and that's that's fair and i think it is fair and you know there was a nostalgia reason for me to go see it and I figure I might as well just go today since I'm still not working why not um, and it was kind of fun to see again but then I realized again how bad the film actually was but it was kind of interesting to see the reaction of the people around me I haven't been in that theater for a long time because again Honey's not my favorite I, it could be close to five years since I've been in there I forget how big the theater actually is it's a pretty good sized theater and 500 right C's is- 500 <clears throat> I was told 600 today and I do believe uh it had been expanded when they put in Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. They added more chairs in there. All right, so now, it's actually larger than, uh, more seating, I should say, than when Captain EO originally was in there. Greg, you keep you keep saying the film is bad, meaning bad story? Oh, uh, No, I think the film in general should be an embarrassment to Coppola and uh, be- because it's a Lucas, bad Because bro. it's a bad story, bad look? Well, what, okay, what, what, what can you do in 20 minutes? Okay, let's first get to that. You've got 20 minutes to to tell a story. So you, you are thinking, like uh, Aaron said, music video. And it, it was kind of brought to you as a music which, video. Which or, Thriller was a 20-minute music video, too. No, Thriller wasn't 20 minutes, was it? Wasn't it's, it like, 12, it's like 12? 18 minutes or 17 okay. minutes, I think. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, I mean, but I think Thriller is you watch the full, full version of it. Yeah, okay. Right. And, but Thriller is standalone, right? They yeah, made a, yeah, they made a special it's, it's, category for it, and no one else ever did a long-form video ever again. 
Well, Thriller was actually in theaters uh, before Fantasia. When Fantasia was re-released, they put Thriller in theaters so it could qualify for an Academy Award, which I don't think it ended up winning. But See, I, now I would have rather I'd... seen that come back during the Halloween season. Yeah, no kidding. I'd, I'd be- go see Thriller. Because John Landis is a better director than Corpola, Coppola, that's right. Yeah. Well, but Thriller is so accessible now. I mean, it's on DVD. It's all every, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. can watch it very easily. Captain EO, not so accessible. Well, you, you could basically oh. see every attraction in the park somewhere on. Oh, that's true. You know, viral. Real. To entertain, I'm going to call it viral entertainment because it's out there everywhere. It's not the same as living it. I mean, thriller, thriller is going to be the same. It's you can only watch it. It was only ever a movie in a theater. It was never an attraction in the same way. So to bring thriller back wouldn't have the same kind of meaning that bringing Captain EO back. Has. That is and, true. There, there's and, a the life around Captain EO. MTV did bring thriller back right after Michael passed away. That's true. Real quick, Wait, uh, MTV. Michael, yes. They, Michael Peters was the choreographer on Thriller, and over on Captain EO, it was Jeffrey Hornaday. I still want to know if um, Cynthia Rhodes was the you know stage right, front stage That's right. That's not Cynthia right. Rhodes. It sure looks like I it. I know it does. Anyway, See, back back to the it, question. What... What was why do you keep why do you keep calling it bad? Oh. I want to know. I mean, bad quality. I mean, it looked like crap. Well, I, mean, I actually think the print I watched today looked like crap. There were some dark, really dark moments in it. Now I know it's a dark film, American dark film, but um, either one, I've been spoiled by new technology like Up, Avatar, uh, you know, all the latest three hmm. D stuff. Sure, this is laughable. Okay, but- I actually think. Well, give me a second. I actually think Magic Journeys was a better film. <laughs> okay, and but the 3D was better. Now, again, that's from memory because I haven't seen Magic Journeys. Twenty years, yeah. And oh, yeah, exactly, or longer. I don't know what the last time I saw it. But I think, excuse me. One, I think the actor was bad. The main actor, um, his musical sequences were fine. They were very entertaining. Uh, the childlike. Um, misfit characters of the crew not untypical of Disney type stuff though so those were kind of bad now, I don't know if I would have said the animation was bad in its day but looking at it today horrible uh, really in fact that's when I saw the kids kind of lose some interest in the film because you know they're so used to CGI and all that stuff today so it's and that's the only part of the reason I, that I think it's bad to bring it back because this is worse than having a something age in front of you You've actually been able to step away from it and then come back and go, oh, my God, versus living with it like um, the making of me over at uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the Martin Short. Go, Boy, that guy looks young. But, you know, um, you kind of just lived with it because it's been there forever. But if you took it away and you brought it back, you might go, oh, my God. Okay, uh, so as you were watching it, were you thinking, gee, I don't remember it looking like this or, gee, I remember – or I remember when I watched it, you know, 20 years ago, you you had a better was, take on it. You, I was you thinking, a- gee, I can't wait to get to the music because the movie is uh, sucking. Um, I, yeah, okay, I just, but was I it sucking because all the, the story? I thought I, I like Angelica Houston I, and I forgot what, you know, a nice figure she had back in those days. I mean, she fit that costume really well. But the whole, I don't know, just some of the scripting, the, 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 the uh, I, I didn't, I didn't like the dialogue a lot. I mean, it just. But did you have you the know, same problem with it 20 years ago? 
Yeah, yeah. I always thought Michael Jackson was a, a girly boy, girly as you know Arnold was a girly man. He, he's always been a girly man. He might dance his ass off. He might sing his ass off, but he's a girly man. Okay, but here, here's a funny thing. What? All right, here. What, what, Aaron? Is that the same problem that you had with the movie 20 years ago, that Michael Jackson was a girly man, or that it was a bad movie 20 years ago? Uh, no, I think he was a girly man, and it was a bad movie. <laughs> okay. okay. We would go- I went in for two things, the music at the end, and yes. make fun of we're Yes, in. we would make fun of that. We had a good time, but he- here's how you compare the two, right? I've seen, I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Audience once, never gone back. Just once? I Just probably saw it a handful, but that's about Once. It. Okay, but EO... Sometimes we'd be there on our Sunday afternoons or whatever we did. Hey, you know, we haven't been there in a few weeks. Let's go check it out. Or let's go have a few laughs, right? But we didn't go in there thinking, this movie sucks. I don't want to see it. It was, it's cheesy and campy, but, you know, we're still going to have fun with it. Well, they're two very, very different movies in that Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was one (laughs) stable camera. And it's the whole thing is you're supposed to be looking at a stage, and so the camera never moves. You're always in the same spot, relatively speaking, except for, of course, when you shrink down to your microscopic size. But the camera never moves. Captain EO was a storyline, which went and told this whole storyline, you know, with different sets, different locations, different camera movements, everything else. But I, was, I would say one of the things Greg mentioned today we were talking about it and my 12 year old daughter who's very big on the 80s and very big in michael jackson right now she's dying to see this film and greg made the comment she's going to be disappointed and i asked why and he says because when you take a look at how 3d technology has become today um and you go back that was right there on the cutting edge back then and it's just not as good and not as clean as the 3d technology is that you're used to today and it shows yeah tony tony even mentioned that um where a lot of times, you know how you used to get kind of double vision, it was never perfect. Correct. Um, and it's like that. You know, I saw up, I saw Avatar in 3D, and there was, I forgot that I was wearing glasses. It's, they're that good. This was, I know I'm wearing glasses, and it's not that good. And they used the old cheesy 3D effects to just throw the audience, throw something out in your face. Uh, I could do, I'm okay with the uh, the spaceship doing its thing like that. But there was a couple, you know, other things that were just kind of a cheesy. Buzzball at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, you know. I, you could see, you could see the hand here. up his ass. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. When Greg's <laughs> talking about the, we were talking about, about the mistakes. There are uh, so many technical mistakes and so many um, continuity mistakes in the movie that – uh, you can. I mean, these are the type of things you get your raspberries for, and I think Captain EO did win a few raspberries back in '86 or '87. Yeah, and in its out. defense, for something like that, though, you're making a 20-minute movie for a theme park attraction. I'll, I'll defend it a little bit on that end. But to tell you the truth, I think I'd rather go see the Spirit Lodge at Knott's Berry Farm, which was at the uh, I think the uh, World's Fair or Exposition, whatever it was, up in Vancouver before it came down to uh, Knott's Berry Farm. That, I think, is a much better show, minus the music. Though there's some good kind of uh, Native American background music. It doesn't have the pop of a Michael Jackson song at the end. Uh, But, you know, it's hard in 20 minutes to keep it all together, I think, because you're trying to tell too much, probably with too little time. And uh, the whole, you know, I got a gift for you thing and the, you know, it turning from (laughs) bad to good and all that. But I think, uh, I thought Angelica Houston's, some of her acting was a little... 
overstated, but you know maybe that was the part of this this queen or witch or you know whatever she was. Um, but you know my it seemed like I don't know how long it took to film this movie and in what sequence, but you could tell a difference between Michael's acting when they were in the ship to later. It's like, you know, he grew a set by the time they got to the dancing portion. <laughs> yeah, and, I would agree with that. Because they're in his he, comfort zone, right? Yeah, and he's a little more intense with some of his, his words and stuff at that point. But on the ship was not really good. And that could have been the first couple of days of shooting. I don't know what the shooting schedule was. But, um, you know, it, I, I just, I think it's, it's nostalgia has made this film bigger than, it was, but you can't take away how good the music was. I mean, those. Unfortunately, they only he only released the last. Um, so another part of me. Another part of me on one of his CDs, and the other one, I don't think was ever released. Might be on a Disney collection somewhere. I've, it, I've it, uh, it was released on a Michael Jackson anthology collection called the Ultimate Collection. Came back out in like 2004 or something like that, but it was never on one of his albums. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, he, wait a second. You sure it wasn't on the end of? Uh... On the oh. another part of me was on bad the album yes, bad it was on bad thank you yeah, yeah but not but not we are here to change the world oh correct okay I'm sorry I'm, and I I'm, think that I was that. the the better of the two songs though another part of me isn't a bad film but uh, or I mean song but it was the it was a song that to me was kind of like um, the tiki room uh, now that we have you all standing <laughs> you can all disappear. <laughs> that song just kind of got you out of the theater. It wrapped it up. It kind of had a, you know, slow fade off, and you know that that's to me kind of wrapped it up. But the first one, though, the transitional part where he's fighting, that got a little drawn out. So I don't. The one that they released, they ha- have all that instrumental uh, stuff in between the the beginning and the end of the song, and that that re-release on the anthology, Aaron. No, no, it's just it's just the song. Uh, we are here to change the world. That's all that made it to the anthology. Okay, that's that's fine. Because yeah, it, it gets a little drawn out there when he fights, but the the music's kind of still going on in the background. Um, yeah, that was James Horner that did all the uh, background music. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was during the time when James Horner was doing a lot of work for Disney. He did uh, that. He also did the music for uh, uh, a couple of the Circle Vision films. I'm trying to remember which ones. Um, American Journeys, but there was a number of things that he did music for Disney back See, then. There's an interesting thing. Um, America the Beautiful. Loved that movie. If it was brought back today, would I be in there watching it every day? And I would go in to see that one a lot. Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, do you, or may sure, cause you could have lost something when you're seeing the 1960s cars. And Okay, but that's see, that's nostalgia again. What about American Journeys? What? The update American Journeys or even China. China or Canada. China is awesome. Uh, China's great. I American Journeys again. It's been a while. Once I saw it again, I might go. It's hard to say. You know, I've had the chance now to walk back into Captain EO. And I almost want to call it Captain EO Light because it without all the effects, it is not the Captain EO that you and I, you know, grew up with, if you want to call it that. But it was kind of funny to hear people's reaction in the audience at the the pre-show because when they show the making of uh-huh. it's like you know leg warmers the hair you oh know. <laughs> by the way mike yes greg was laughing about the pre-show because of course the pre-show when they made the video to show on the tvs it was back in the old days before digital television and televisions were all four by three he already said and we this. all he already said did this. he already say that yes. i didn't even hear him. he said that 
I must have been coughing up a lung when he was talking. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, thank you, Mike. I didn't want to go there. I was like, it's okay. Wait. I didn't hear that part, so it's okay. Yeah. Go, all right. Yeah. yeah so they, repeat it for Aaron's sake. Yeah. They, I'll, they've I'll got take... high definition monitors. Uh, you know, widescreen, of course, sixteen by nine, whatever. So the making of film that they show again is uh, standard four by three. So has black bars on the side. Yeah, it's kind of funny to see us go back to that. But a lot of people were laughing because of the, the hairstyles and the and uh, the clothing. So it kind of again kind of dates it in a way. But if you're okay with that, then. Uh, that's okay. You know, I gotta say, you know, it was it, it was nice to see Michael on the stage. He's he's a great performer. I just wasn't a big. Uh, it's it's like to say I don't really like the Stones, but there are a few songs here and there. I'm not a big Aerosmith fan, but I love Rock and Roller Coaster, and I recognize usually about every song that's on the uh, the car when I go. Uh, so it's not to say I can't appreciate the genius that he was. I just wasn't a huge fan of him, and I don't think this movie is the tour de force that a lot of people you know, praise it to be. And I think sometimes we're getting slammed because of our persuasion more so than just an honest look at the film. Well, I mean, sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron. I was just going to ask you only, you said you only got the chance to see it on uh, YouTube. You haven't had, you never had the opportunity to see it at Epcot or. Right. Right. I I guess, you know, it, I've seen, seen it in, um, in just regular, you know, video mode and everything else like that, it, it it does add a little bit. Even without all the special effects, it does add a little bit when you're in the uh, theater with the gl- with the uh, glasses on and you have the surround sound completely around you. So that's a little bit better than that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, tell you right now, now, I'm not looking to the beatbox thumping floor. That's just gonna suck. Uh, it, it it was odd. Now, Aaron, if you come out here, you've got to let the MiceCast guys know. That you're going to be out for the day, oh, I will. days, and we will, we will be there, uh, hopefully to to show you around or, you know, have a good laugh with you, at Captain EO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, yeah. Should, uh, go ahead. I I, mean, I just I want to go back to this this point that you were making about the nostalgia of the film versus it being a good movie, and and being like a tour de force for Michael Jackson. I mean, I, I don't think that the reason this is being brought back is because it's a good movie. I don't think that Disney decided to bring it back based on the strength of this as an attraction. I think nostalgia is the only reason that it's being brought back. And so we should only debate whether it's sufficiently nostalgic, not whether it's a, a good enough movie by today's oh, standards. You're, I think, that's an awesome idea. Uh, and Well, that's that's a fair assessment, and I think you're right. It's, it is about the nostalgia. Um, I was trying to think, Was did Michael do any other projects with Disney, or was this the sole one? Am I missing one? Uh, he, not a lot. I mean, he, he recorded, like, a song. Um, he'd appeared on a Disneyland TV special. He'd made some appearances in the parks, but not a whole lot of stuff. Okay. Because, you know, again, for its time, the 3D was probably good. Uh, I don't think – we're just spoiled today by the the newer stuff – but for the nostalgia reason, I, I it's it is kind of interesting. But I would have liked to see them bring it back in full. Yeah, well, me too. Not in part. You know, it would, it would trying to think what it would be like. Um, bring back the people mover, but cut half the track out. You know, go up and down the entrance of Tomorrowland, you're done. I, I don't know. It's are, are you are you really going to equate a few missing effects to the same as cutting out half of an attraction? 
Well, you're cutting out half the movie because half the movie was the effects. No, no. That the theater that the theater came alive around you. Sure, the theater came alive and it immersed you great, but the storyline does not suffer. How, how, how about this? You're on Star Tours, and the little side screen that gives you the back view in R2D2 that doesn't work, and the robot doesn't really say anything. He just he, he moves, but he doesn't say much, and you just watch the film. Well, I, I was going to say, if you want to equate it to people mover, it's like you you lose your speed tunnel or something like that. But well, for, yeah, I, I go to I'm going to change it to Star Tours. Change my analogy. <laughs> you don't get to view back to R two D two and what's going on outside that way. You, yeah, you don't have the Rex, video communication. Rex doesn't talk to you. You just get to watch the movie and the room shakes. Okay. Would that be you know? Let's say Star Tours is gone and they do something else, but for George Lucas just died, so. We're going to bring back Star Tours in remembrance of George Lucas or, or, you know, Darth Vader, whoever, you know, somebody died, we're bringing the thing back. And that's all they give you. They don't give you the film that you see from the rear, and they don't see Rex doesn't talk. That's fine. I don't think that'll. Well, Rex Rex telling you it's his first flight kind of might take something away from it. But other than that, I think that you can still have fun with the attraction. I've I've always wanted to do that, you know? (laughs) Well,. You know, always wanted like to do what? Oh, or he's just again. I think we're going in. What yeah. is it about these two guys? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think the thought though, this like we were talking. There's already we've all heard that there's there's reviewed, and we were talking. There's already we've all heard that there's there's some plans that, of something that the Magic Eye Theater is going to be doing later on. It's just a question: Are they going to do it sooner or later? And that brings up a good question here. Um, does it change your opinion, Greg, now that you've seen it? When do you think it might be time for this one to go, or when do you think it actually <clears throat> will go? Uh, next week. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Is give that it, when you it, think it should go, or when it will go? Give it a week. Let everybody come see it. Um, no, I would, honestly, if, yeah, if since it's been brought money, back and money's been spent to do it, the wisely or not wisely, forget that part. I would let it run through the end of summer um, and then let it go into the rehab. So maybe by Christmas season or spring of next year, MILF or whatever might be planned for that could be installed. I would let it run. Since There's it's talk of putting here, MILF in there? Uh, that's some of the rumors I've heard. <laughs> I've heard that too. Which again, you know, just okay. keep screwing with my Tomorrowland, but you know, whatever. MILF is Okay. I think MILF is a waste, but I'm not impressed with MILF at all. I don't think it's. I saw it before it opened in a soft, and I don't think it's really got any better since I've seen it the last time I was there. I think it's, it's good for right. kids. I think it's good for kids. Well, again, okay, kids. What is this dumbing down of the attractions to kids? I thought it was supposed to be a family park. I understand. I'm with you. You know, we're all, you know, you're preaching to the choir. I'm just saying that somewhere, no. somebody somewhere thinks it's okay because, you know, the kids, kids get a kick out of it. Especially uh, if it's, I say, especially if it's their dad that gets put up on the screen and made fun of. Uh, yeah, there's 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 some funny things to that. I don't think the kids were getting into the character. Do you think the um, ID and Odie and the uh, uh, the little rhinoceros guy and all that those were aimed to the kids? Wouldn't you say in Captain Neo? Originally, yes. Yeah, I think probably originally. Probably not. I don't. I don't imagine them having very much appeal to kids now. Thank you. That's what I was getting to. I didn't feel much affection. In fact, again, I attract people who make noise in attractions. 
And I had a little girl next to me whining. You can hear some people in my recording, kids crying. They weren't exactly happy to be in there. This is, this is a nostalgic trip for either one, Michael, people who came to know Michael Jackson after the film was gone, they want to see him. Or those of us who grew up with Michael Jackson in the younger days and saw this originally. I'm When you get below 10, uh, I'm not finding the ones that 10 and below were enjoying it very much. Those are the ones I was hearing that was stupid from. Yeah, I, I really? Picture, I awesome. I pictured uh, Hooter and Idy and Odie and Fuzzball as plush toys that you'd find in Michael Jackson. Fuzzball for sure was a plush yeah. toy out in the park. And we're bringing, I, I was told by one of the merchandise people, we're bringing uh, Fuzzball back too. Well, there is a and website. Hooter, with, I mean, Hooter. <laughs> There's a, there's a website that Disney's released the information of what merchandise is available or is going to be available for... Yeah, it's a Disney Parks uh, blog, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like six items, T-shirts, uh, a jacket, I think like that, nothing. But no banana T-shirts. I saw a few people wearing the banana T-shirts today. Yeah. It's, now, uh, Aaron, I, this, this is kind of more going towards you now. Extinct Attractions, uh, the same guys who brought you the Roy E. Disney death video the day he died or the memorial to him the day he died, talking about taking advantage of something, have now, with the anniversary of Captain EO, released uh, Captain EO, the made-for-TV movie making of the Captain EO, and something else. Don't you think there might be some copyright infringements there, that they're releasing a TV show on, you know, under their label? And I doubt that they're paying any royalties to Disney for that. <laughs> well... I mean, I, I neither want to diss the extinct attractions people or, like, get in trouble with the bar for, for giving out legal stuff. Well, no, I'll, I don't mean it that way. But I'm right. Just thinking, uh, <laughs> so, well, that's my disclaimer. That's my disclaimer. But as, as a general statement, I would say that there, there may be some issues there. However, I mean, the whole idea of, of copyright trouble for, for all of these Disney releases, whether it's, you know, music and podcasts or releasing these videos on in a video podcast or on DVD or, or whatever. I mean, there's, there's copyright questions raised with all of this stuff. I mean, obviously, Disney seems to not care very much. Not I, to care very much. I, I totally agree. And I got to say, I, I love the whole idea of extinct, extinct attractions and what they produce for the most part. Yeah, me there, too. I've just had a few minor questions here and there on timing with them. And, but I like the whole, I think the whole concept is a great idea. I'm just surprised Disney actually hasn't jumped on it since they have for the most part, all the source material in a good source and not somebody's old VHS videotape they've sent in to Dave O'Neill. Um, By the way, I waited two months for my Roy E. Disney tribute episode of Zippity Doo Pod number 48. Just a plug for everybody. <laughs> episode number 48. <laughs> good for you. But I waited two months, yeah. A little respect there. Let, let, let it get cold, the body get cold a little. <laughs> now, do you think, Aaron, that Disney will release this on video? And if they do... Would you say the same, you know, there's no credits rolled on this, but if you were to release something like this to the the general audience, I would think you'd have to now get into all the type of credits you would normally do on anything that's to home video uh, or whatever, dancers, grips, best boys, directors, writers, and then do we have to pay royalty to all these people? I wonder what kind of contractual deals all these people had. Yeah, well, I mean, and that that just goes to the question of what what agreements did they sign, and we don't really know. But it, I would say that it's likely that they did anticipate a home video release as a possibility at the time that Captain EO was produced, because home video was sort of taking off, and Disney was very successful in home video at the time. Michael Jackson was very successful, so I can imagine they would have contemplated possibly releasing home video 
And so they may have contracted with that in mind. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Uh, but to answer your first question about whether I think it will come on DVD, if Michael Jackson had died four years ago, I think there was a very good chance Disney would have put this out on DVD. But Disney's not releasing anything on DVD right now, aside from high-profile new releases. And even those are getting a lot of bare-bones, uh, you know, stripped-down DVD and Blu-ray releases. So I'm not very optimistic that Disney would do that now. Well, now why is that? Well, I was getting into that, too. Now, Iger's this big techie guy. Do you think he's going to go to where or didn't they haven't they made an announcement of a, a netflix type um device to be able to get disney stuff new and old yeah I, I don't know if there's been an official announcement i've heard talk about that i mean disney's talked about a lot of these different options they they had a deal with tivo recently where you could pull up just about any disney movie for i think a low fee through your tivo and disney just pulled that uh, just sort of unexpectedly from the TiVo service, which has led some people to think that maybe Disney's going to roll out something of their own here pretty I soon. Just, I just saw something somewhere on some newspaper RSS feed uh, that um, AMC was uh, getting pissy about um, Disney wanting to make release uh, DVD release dates closer to Film release dates? Where was yeah. that? Well, I thought yeah. they were talking about releasing at the same time. Well, that's what Bob Iger wants to do. Uh, but, I mean, the theaters are all up in arms over that. Uh, and so what he's trying to do is gradually reduce the waiting period between theatrical release and DVD debut. And so with Alice in Wonderland coming out, they want to move it up by, I think, four weeks. Uh, so they would release Alice in Wonderland four weeks earlier than they normally would on home video. And AMC, which is one of, of course, the biggest theater chains, is threatening to boycott the film by refusing to show it, which is interesting because in Disney World, Downtown Disney's theater is an AMC theater. So well, here. Disney used yeah, to have well, their fingers in AMC, right? Yeah, I was going to say Disney had a... Uh, AMC was all set to go bankrupt, except that Disney kind of kept them afloat because they didn't want to lose the theater at either of the resorts. Yeah, but well, no, bef I, before I, that, I, before I that, I, think, out, I didn't see him bail out for Schwarzenegger's restaurant other than the one they still have over there in Disney World's downtown Disney. About Planet Hollywood? Yeah, that's Planet the, Hollywood, that's yeah. yeah. Boy, where was Obama for that one, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, that would be interesting because, you know, I, I was just telling my wife about um, Amazon's doing this uh, print-on-demand. I guess that's yeah. what you can call it. And she's like, "What? I don't, I don't get it." So I explained to her, 40 pounds of trouble," which she had already ordered. Uh, you know, here's a movie that's not available right now anywhere except on Amazon, and it's theoretically print on demand. They don't, they'll make it when you order it. I, I guess it seems odd. I mean, it's not a a big deal. I remember Richard probably remembers this. Maybe Mike does going to Vegas and those. What should we do? What should we invest in? <laughs> the one guy kept saying, "Why can't I just watch any movie anytime I want?" They can make a database for this. Why can't I just go to my my TV and say I want to watch uh, without a up, you know, without a paddle right now? There's really no, but that that was what ten years ago, and we're just yeah. now kind of getting to that with Netflix and some other services where you can bandwidth. Put things it's up. all a bandwidth issue. Yeah. Oh no, I, I totally agree. Uh, I'm loving Netflix, by the way. Netflix forward slash Imagineering for your two week free trial. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Now it's you know I do Blu-ray also. It's very cool. Uh, so, um, how much more can we talk about? Oh, well, okay, hang on. All right, so I still <laughs> haven't got the the question answered of why it's bad. I just don't, you know, you know when you have a gut feeling that something's wrong with the film, or you just don't think the film oh. is that great. It's it's just I don't 
I think the the whole story premise is kind of, it's it's a if that film didn't have Michael Jackson in it, let's say they they picked um, uh, let me think of another singer of the time that may listen Christopher Cross. Let's say they picked Christopher Cross. Okay. No, maybe that been uh, interesting. who who else was a dancer in those days? Did a lot of dancing. Aaron, you might have to help me out with this. Madonna, again, you, you, you were like zero at the time. So Madonna. Yeah. Well, Madonna's a big enough name where she, you know, if they were doing a female version of uh, Captain EO, uh, what, what would that have been? A Captain Sleazeball? Or a Cap- <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we, weren't, we wouldn't be able oh. to show it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is anything like that book she did? Yeah. Um, you know, I got a gift for you. Yeah. And for okay. Other I got one. Prince. There Prince. You go. Okay. There you go. Now, granted, everybody would have been taller than him, so he wouldn't have been very menacing. Um <laughs> But you know, or this, uh, what was the uh, you know in that uh, Purple Rain? What was the other group uh, in Purple Rain? I can't think of their name right. Uh, the generation, new generation, or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. What if yeah. that guy, the head of that guy? I mean, could could they have pulled the same movie off? Yes, they could have made it. But would people have come to see it? No. The movie was my. The movie was Michael Jackson, and we happened to have some other people around him. Right. You know, so that's kind of what I'm saying. I, the, well. It okay, let me let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you this way: Do you are you are you is your opinion that the movie's bad? Being is it because you're looking at it through the lens of mm, advancements in in motion picture technology in the last twenty years? No, no, no. Because no. I can go back and I can watch. Um, well, actually, that movie was kind of bad, but I enjoy it for nostalgic reasons. Black Hole. Um, <laughs> See. It has it, it has portions of it that are really good. I think their their star effects. Uh, senior Ellen Shaw, I think, does a much better Starfield than Junior Ellen Shaw, and it was overlooked by how all hand painted too. Yeah, how horrible the rest of the movie was. Um, but for nostalgic reasons, I can go back and watch it. Great soundtrack. One actor maybe who could be called an actor. The rest of them were just kind of standing around. Um, <clears throat> But I look at it, and I, I can recognize it's a horrible film, but I might watch it for nostalgic reasons. Okay, so so the nostalgia is what's supporting you on this. It's not, I mean, if you... If if I didn't like those two songs that Michael Jackson sang <laughs> and enjoyed the dance sequence, I wouldn't go see it. Okay. It'd be like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Now, when Honey, I Shrunk the Audience came out, it was somewhat topical. I think the second or third movie had just come out. It was current at the time. Um, I don't. Th- the only thing that makes this current is Michael Jackson just... Kicked it. Yeah. Well, isn't that enough, though? I mean, when was the last time that Rick Moranis was in the news? Oh, I totally agree with you. They could have taken that thing out 15 years ago. Uh, Wait, the protection hasn't been around for 15 years, has it? Exactly. Um, I don't know if that property deserved an attraction. No. Well, maybe at the time. I I mean, I think that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was popular pretty pretty damn popular for about 10 years so i mean you know it, it, it was okay for a while i think that it's far outlived its time now which is why a replacement is is justified and captain eo as a temporary replacement works because it is contemporary enough to attract people or, or to hold interest to people well that is true and maybe maybe there is a second uh, angle to this that we're sort of touching on this the timing of this is just too good i mean not good that michael died but We'll do this tribute, which gives us a good excuse to end this horrible, you know, accident right. called "Honey, I Shrunk the Audience," and work and to not, something else, and not leave the building empty. But on the other hand, I could see this 
be in one of those attractions where it's cheaper to leave it, like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience has been uh, for a few years. And now we're stuck with Michael Jackson for five years. With Michael Jackson. It doesn't take too many people to operate this. The one thing this does, though, it does take a spieler, you know, but you could do this with one, two, three, four, four people can run this attraction. Uh, I don't know if the projection is uh, automated or used as a projectionist. So I'm just talking to people you see. Four people can run this attraction. It, it's all automated. So... All right, so all right, so your 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 overall take on it was it's it's bad and I I didn't think it was good back then. We laughed at it, we had fun with it, we thought the music was good, but the rest of it was All right, immediate. so so no change from that then other no. than it other than it's aged. Yeah, right now right. it looks it looks bad because of its it, the time period it was made. And I said I'm not sure that Howard the Duck isn't a better movie. <laughs> That's pretty sad. <laughs> but the uh, but the print it looks okay though, right? The but print is good. No, I thought the print was. Ba- I thought there were artifacts. Now Richard said he thought there were a lot of artifacts in the the original. It does not look like a remastered print to me. So we got streaks and lines and splotches. Not streaks. And- no, it doesn't look like a film that's worn out because it's been run a lot. But it does it's look dark. It, it, it looks like it's aged. You know how maybe it needs a color restoration. And I, there's like. I don't want. I want to call them sparkles or like dust. Where I kept, I kept looking to say, "Wait, is this supposed to be? Am I supposed to see in little flashes of light here and a little flashes of light there? That kind of a thing." All right. Interesting. But I'm telling you, I'm sure. Stay on Main Street. And Liana were just there, and their tongues were hanging out, and they were in heaven. <laughs> I guarantee you. And I'm sure Aaron will be too when he sees it for the first time on a big screen. Yeah, I have, I have no doubt. Well, the the other thing that you know is kind of odd. This film. Is shown on a flat screen, which, you know, how often do you see a film on a perfectly flat screen? It's, if there's any curvature to it, you can't really see it. And I'm, you know, we just saw Shutter Island a little closer than my wife likes. We were down in the, you know, in a uh, tiered a stadium style. We were down at the bottom, but it was a big bottom end. So I, I like being down there because you're engulfed in the movie um, and you can really, you know, appreciate the size of the screen. You but, like those big bottoms. <laughs> I like big butts. I don't know what's that. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's just the whole you know because of the old way, like Richard saying the the, uh, the fiber optics and the way the screen just kind of came out of that. You don't have that now. It's kind of like okay, lights off, turn the film on. It, it lost some of that original. Ooh, that's kind of cool. That's too bad. Which was, that was a very cool, there's a lot of kind of cool effects. And at the day, nobody else was doing this, where you're in a theater, and the theater is given back, you know. Uh, you, you had 3D cheesy movies, but you didn't have a theater that, you know, put smoke in it, blue air, um, had lasers firing through the screen. I mean, imagine seeing Star Wars remastered, and the laser effects, you know, came through the screen at you, or from behind you. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, and then go see it without it. You're like, eh, you know, it's like seeing some some movies just don't make it on a 30 inch TV. I, I was gonna say 25, but who owns a 25 anymore? Ah. You know, it, they just a movies. Some movies just don't come across very well on the small screen. You need to see them on the big one. All right then. So, I know I'll be taking the kids to it. <laughs> you know, I'll go back and see it if I'm there with other people who would want to see it. I think I've got enough podcasting moments out of my uh, two back-to-back trips this morning, which was plenty. 
<laughs> but, you know, I, I think for Disney, this will be a positive thing. Other than some of the people responding on Facebook who actually think it's a waste, I think in general the public will respond positively to it. I got I to gotta wonder if your ne- the negative comments that have popped up are from people who didn't enjoy the attraction to begin with. Uh, by looking at some of the pictures of some of these people, if it actually is them, they don't look old enough to have um, experienced the attraction. And some of them are hung up, like many people are, on Michael Jackson's Pedophi- uh, pers- pedophilia. Personal- <laughs> well, I think there's some Michael Jackson fatigue as well among people who aren't that big of uh, a fan of Michael Jackson. There's been so much over the last you know six months. I think some people are tired of it, and those people are probably going to have that reaction that you're talking about from i am so sure if you talk about an actress who should have got her due and didn't uh well farrah fawcett i mean i grew up with farrah fawcett she was a pinup girl i mean a pinup girl in the 70s you didn't get too many pinup girls uh so when she happened to have the unfortunate death day on the same day as michael and was basically swept under the the rug because michael jackson is a much uh, more sensational story. Uh, I kind of felt sorry for, her. and you're right. There is an overload. I mean, I was up at Hearst Castle, and I couldn't. We turned on the TV at night. We couldn't get anything else. And there was like, oh, by the way, Farrah Fawcett died. Like, what? What? Give me more of that. And that's back to Michael Jackson news. You know? Yeah. yeah well, especially I mean, you, you have the the helicopters from the news media chasing after the sheriff's helicopter that's carrying the body to the morgue. That, that's getting overdone. Well, then you got into the whole fiasco of what this, well, not my city, but a neighboring city spent for the funeral. Then you found out later he wasn't even in the casket that was there and all the controversy around that and the money and the SWAT teams and, and all the security. And, well, they're going bankrupt. And the Jacksons didn't pony the bill, which they could have. Um, it was kind of like we won our moment of fame again and recognized my son and my brother. And I, I understand he's a huge impact to the musical world and maybe to the world in general, depending on what kind of an impact you're talking about. Um, so I kind of understand that, but I don't know, you know, I don't, did Elvis even get this? I mean, I, I mean, people still go to Graceland to, to worship Elvis too, but, uh, I don't know. There's just so much. Elvis was so big in a different time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right because we're now. This is like a pop sensation, right? This is the. Uh, but he, Michael, got more than his 15 minutes of fame, which he already had. But you know what I'm saying? We're, we're considering the attention span of the average person today. I'm surprised they could keep that story going on, and maybe that's why people <laughs> are upset. I only got 15 minutes of attention span. Give me something else to throw in there. Well, I mean, Michael Jackson was famous in a way that no one else has been famous and will probably never be famous, which is in due in large part to his talent, but also the timing at which he just happened to become famous. And I think that it's it wasn't just that people were sad about him dying, but I think there was this sadness that we were losing the the last uh, sort of like, he- like hero, like global hero that we had in, in the arts because no one's going to become that famous anymore. So we're not going to all uh, like see, share fandom in well, one person like I'm, that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly disagree with you, Aaron, only for this reason. I am sure when I'm going to use Elvis again, when Elvis died, a lot of the, and I remember when Elvis died, a lot of the same things could be said. He is the last person that will ever come up this way. You know, when Bob Hope died, last of this great generation of entertainers i think we will find a different one it might be a while 10 15 years before someone ever does this again 
but to say it's the last time, maybe the last time for this generation. Well, but here's well, the thing. What about, with, I was going to say, what about one other thing, Aaron? Um, Michael Jackson, we had the opportunity when he was a kid, when he was, what, six, seven years old, and he was part of the Jackson 5, which was extremely successful back there mm -hmm. uh, in the late 60s, 70s. We actually kind of watched him grow up, and he transcended several generations to where you don't have just one or two generations that were a part of him. You have th like three or four generations that all enjoyed it. Plus, he grew, he matured. I don't want to say he grew up. He matured as an entertainer in the era where we have all this new media and this instantaneous <laughs> stuff, the MTV generation and the iPod generation, to where he kind of led the march going into this new technology and for that reason I think he had that much more of a following. I don't know if I'd throw him in right. the iPod generation. Okay, you can't compare Elvis to Michael Jackson. Michael well, Jackson I'm, was a I'm, whack I'm, job I'm, on two legs, okay? No, I'm, well, I'm talking yeah, the, saying, the talent side of it. Forget, Elvis, forget the whack job. What? Elvis wasn't Elvis died before you start before you had MTV and all that and he was predominantly that one and a one two generation area. No, but look what he, he did without the kind of advantage. Yes, okay, but Michael see, Jackson. but see, Michael Jackson's uh, you know non entertainment things taint they they taint his what he can do. They 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 cast. Okay, you know, I'm they, not a big Elvis fan, so I'm using him as an example. But quite frankly, things that taint him is his drug use and other problems he had. Uh, mainly around the the drugs. Okay, and that. Well, he might have had a drug. He might have had a drug problem, but he wasn't in the friggin' news uh, with bigger issues than that. Well, no, I Let's, know, and uh, I, I I understand it. I'm going strictly from the entertainer side. Forget the personal life, because okay, uh, but as much you, as I don't you want, want to, yes, you right. You want to you want to forget the personal life, but it it, it <laughs> people are human, and it's going to affect their judgment. And okay, it's going to affect their uh, uh, perception saying, uh, of whether or not think, they would get his buy his music or not. Okay, but let's, let's, oh, I don't know about that. I think Michael Jackson almost transcend, uh, uh, to some people's dismay, transcended his personal life because he was an extraordinary entertainer, uh, musician, et cetera, et cetera. That people got past that. Well, I think the well, wait, wait, wait. Ask, Aaron, ask Aaron because he's he he loves MJ. I you know personally, I like I said, I had two songs he liked. He had two songs that I liked. That's it. So his trials in the courtroom did not affect my opinion of his music one way or not or the other because I didn't really like it all that much. But you know, ask not, the, your, not your style. Correct. But ask the guy who loves it. Well, did, I mean, I think that. Well, I, I don't buy in into most of the most of the you know controversy around him or whatever. But I mean, I think that for good or bad, his personal life fed into this heightened persona that he had, this like superstar that surrounded him. What it, it all added up to that, and that's why he was so much more famous than, or famous at a higher, I don't want to say more famous, but famous at a higher level than Elvis or somebody like that, because there was so much, people just couldn't grasp Michael Jackson. He was larger than life, largely because of all of this personal stuff that surrounded him. People couldn't quite understand him, and that made him this, like, ethereal type thing that we, that we wanted, like, more of to try to understand, and I, I think that's... You got to look at all of it, good and yeah, bad. So, all right. So wait a second. Wait a second. I got a question. Wait, wait. So are you are you saying, Aaron, that if he didn't go to court twice for you know pedophilia, he would not have his stardom would not have gone so high? 
Well, it wasn't. Just, I mean, the court was like the culmination of it. I think the reason that people were so willing to believe all these accusations about Michael Jackson is because he was already so weird, because he talked like a light-voiced girl, and because he supposedly slept in a chamber, and because he kept monkeys and tigers around his house, and he, didn't, <laughs> he wouldn't okay. date any girls, and all this kind of, you know, I mean, it was all of that led up to And all of a sudden he hooks up with, so weird. Then all of a sudden he hooks then, up with Lisa Marie. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. So it's all this stuff <laughs> that, that made people from? willing to believe, which, like, which, oh, that explains that he's a pedophile. Whoa, 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 which, whoa, let's, but, let's take a look at it, though. What was the whole hookup for Lisa Marie? It gave him the access to be able to get a hold of the uh, copyrights by Elvis Presley. That is true. Well, he tried to legitimize his straight or non-straightness. But prior to... But it was definitely, you got to admit, it was definitely more of a business move okay, than anything pri- else. Prior to... The pedophilia stuff. And yeah, he lived larger than life. He had his, his ranch and, and all that. But don't you think the music was the main thing? Because I think in large part, most people accept that a lot of musicians are nutcases. Either either they're druggies, they're, they're schizo, they're, they're something is off with artists and entertainers. And they, they kind of have just got so conditioned to the either extravagant lifestyles or, uh, you know, the Lindsay Lohans of the world who are always in trouble for whatever reason. People have got desensitized to to that. Don't you think he was already a superstar, the king of pop, whatever you want to call him, before all that stuff came out? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I don't know that he was ever, if that he ever existed apart from his weirdness. I think I mean, maybe as a kid he, he wasn't weird, but from the time he was a teenager on in every interview and everything, he always came off as very strange. And I mean, I've seen articles from the late 70s and the 80s talking, trying to explain like what's what's with Michael Jackson? Why doesn't he have a girlfriend? You know, why is he so shy? There was just why is why doesn't he make any public appearances? All this stuff. I think he was always such a mystery to people. <clears throat> but and then again, by- why should he have to? This this is the kind of. Oh, I agree. You know, I totally agree with that. No, no, I don't oh. want to say he the, has the, to. The it's- flip side of it is it's none of your damn business. Right, I totally agree. I'm just trying to explain why he was so fascinating to people, which is what I think made him so famous. <laughs> and on top of that, there was his music and his art, which was so over the top. I mean, and you have things like the Thriller music video, and you know, these were things that hadn't really been done before. So all of this stuff together, Michael Jackson just seemed like something that was more than we could really understand. But beyond that, most of the people I hear who are, I don't want to call them apologists, but just huge Michael Jackson fans... It's all about the music and the entertainer. It has nothing to do with the personal life unless they're in denial and just uh, throw that aside because they don't want to get into that argument. I don't know. I know the first time I saw The Wiz, I actually thought it was a chick. I didn't know it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> Somebody had to tell me, well, that's Michael Jackson. Wait, wait. Little Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson 5? Michael Jackson? Yeah. That's why I'm cracking up about this new movie, that Hollywood, that hot tub where they go back in time. And oh, that looks black, hilarious. You know, the black dude says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is Michael Jackson black or white? <laughs> He's black. Ah! He knows what time it is. Um, I don't know. I see. That's why I, I, I know it's kind of an overall package deal. But I think he was already huge. Without uh, the, the other stuff, adds some color. But I, I don't know if um, it adds that much color. But you're you're more of a fan than I am. So I mean, to you, does that uh, to you not to how you think? the perception is but to you Aaron does all that make him bigger than his music well to me as a kid I mean I, I was growing up with Michael Jackson in like the early 90s and at this point he was already this mega superstar and I think that's why he made such an impression on me as a kid is because 
everything about Michael Jackson just seemed so huge. I mean, it really got my attention. And so memories of Michael Jackson's music stuck with me as a kid, whereas other people who were around at that time, New Kids on the Block and stuff like that, would not have because everything was a big deal when it came to Michael Jackson. I mean, I, I was very little whenever the first uh, the first accusations of molestation came out, and I remember watching his press conference on TV, and I mean, I would have been six or seven years old when that happened. Yeah, one, and, of, the, one of the local talk shows still likes to use some of the the little cuts from that TV interview about, you know, sleeping with young boys. He's like, it's so sweet or it's so special. And it's just like, it, it is, was this guy so incredibly naive because in, in, I guess in theory, like communism in theory is good. In theory, sure. Everybody's equal. Why is it not good in theory, but it never works that way. In theory, is it that bad for a single male to bring in disenfranchised and poor kids and kind of take care of them. Give them a weekend they'll never forget. Um, <laughs> As you try to say that with a straight face. <laughs> I actually laughed on purpose. But you know what I mean? There are single guys who help in the Boy Scouts. I know my wife always gets weirded out. Why would a single guy want to help with little boys? So is society now been conditioned to think that's weird and wrong and um, could he have actually been on, on the um, up and up at the whole time? But because his weak voice, his soft persona, makes it look bad. I I tend to think maybe there's something that we'll find out more as time goes on uh, from his death. Uh, who who knows? But you know, not, not a lot of people would open up their place and build a little entertainment center uh, on their grounds to allow people to come up and be entertained. There's not a lot of people did that. Uh, and I know oh. there were, there were rumors. Oh, Michael Jackson's got his own pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> bullshit. But you know, there were so many weird rumors because no one had really been inside Neverland ranch. Well, that there th was, there was a, a, a biography on him just a short time ago, just before his death that came out. And Aaron, I'm sure can correct me on this where they were talking about when he was growing up with the Jackson five and he was, uh, 11 or 12 years old. His brothers were much older than him. And, you know, you picture yourself, you know, you have a son that's not much older than that, Greg. You picture him. What, how how old did you say he was? He was 11 or 12. My, my son's 16. Yeah, he's not that much older. Uh, that, that's a big change. Okay, man. it's a big change. But still, you picture he's with brothers that are in their, you know, 20s that are... You know, skirt chasing. He's sitting in a hotel room, sharing a room with his brother, and his brother's kicking him <laughs> hey, out. Forget that part. The dad was abusive. It and matter the dad's abusive and everything else. Like, I mean, you have all this. You you have a kid that really, you know, doesn't have a childhood. Is it any wonder that later on he just never has a chance to really truly grow up? Well, you know what? Uh, in some in some senses, I want to say, great, Doctor Laura. That makes well, I'm just, I'm just, but I'm just throwing that out. There are so many examples of child stars who have not imploded. So I don't, I hate that excuse of, well, he was a child star. He never had a childhood. It may be true, but there are so many others who, who were in similar circumstances. Imagine pull out okay and managed to do just well. That, yeah, that's that's fine. But I'm just saying, you know. Is you know he takes a look at it as he's still playing the little kid part that he never played. Now he gets a chance to play it because he doesn't have to deal with the rest of the family. Hey, you know I'm all for not growing up because I like 
to dabble and play more than I want to work. And right now I do a lot of that. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, I guess if you have the money to never grow up, that's fine. But you, <laughs> I, either you got to get the right people around you to shield you from some of that or keep it in your pants, whatever you got to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think his music was was good. If you like that type, there's like say Mike, Mike and I say we liked a few things, not a lot, but uh, I, I think there's still a possibility that there could be the next uh, Michael Jackson of some type. You know, we just well, don't know. The reason I say that there won't be is precisely because we're in the iPod generation. I, for example, whenever like Thriller was coming out, you couldn't just wait until midnight whenever Thriller released and download it on your computer. You had to go out to the record store, and, and this was even true whenever I was a, a really young kid, to buy new music. You had to go to the record store on release day, wait in line, and whenever it was a major release, like a Michael Jackson album, which only came you know every few years, it was a really big deal, and that created like so much buzz and hype and... <clears throat> That creates like this intangible excitement that we can't get anymore because well, sure you do you crash servers and you complain in viral media that you can't get the song you want. I mean, similar. It's just that a is, different yeah, I have way. yet to find a major album release that I couldn't go and get <laughs> well, because of server crash that I couldn't find on iTunes. Quite, quite frankly, I don't think there's been that big of a deal. In fact, I just heard MTV Music Television is dropping the music portion, which doesn't surprise me since they don't play music videos anymore. Yeah. And VH1 is like oldies. I mean, do people really produce much? I mean, I know CMT produces new videos all the time. Or not no. them, them per se, but the artists. Are artists in general still producing music videos? I don't know where they're played. That's a good they question. Do, but it's, it's a dying art form. It happens less and less. Well, because as record sales go down, the record companies can no longer justify spending millions of dollars to promote a song with a music video. And I mean, it's interesting that the music video form rose with Michael Jackson and died with him. And as his career died, the music video genre died. And it really only lived during the span of his career. But don't you think it had already died before he died? Well, no, yeah, but his career had died, too. I'm saying, I mean, his career well, was dead by the mid to late 90s, and that's around the time the music video started to die, too. Well, there, there's you know, when he started having there. his, you know, <clears throat> troubles in the court, he's out of money, he had to run away to Bahrain. Yeah, how can... Well, that, that, that's like an old story. I, how can a person like that run out of money? Uh, we've seen it over and over and over and again. But would you say his last commercial release was a success? I know there's so many fans out there that they're probably going to sell a million copies without breaking a sweat. But you know, was it really a commercial success? It sold, I believe it sold 10 million copies. Invincible was his last studio album. I think it sold 10 million copies, which compared to any other release would be a huge success. Compared to past Michael Jackson releases, it was failure. considered a failure. Really? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm glad you're swinging it or spinning it in an honest way because I'm not that up on um, numbers. I know I think we had a thing going uh, online for a while about record sales, and we discussed how you can really compare today when you can buy a single uh, snippet of an album versus a whole album. Though yeah. in, when I was a kid, you could do that in a, a sort of similar way. There, there was the singles with a real weak second side. Occasionally, you got to. Oh yeah. Well, when I was a kid too, we had the CD singles. I mean, all the way up through. Oh like, no, you know, I'm, I'm talking vinyl yeah. singles. But oh yeah, forty fives. Yeah, forty fives. But that's those were like that's what the DJs were playing. You know, they not a lot of stations had LP play. You know, they they the single releases, and that was the only way but you couldn't just go hey i want cut number five you know you got the single release now you can go over to itunes and 
pick whichever one you want. So it's really how do they really compare these days um, to albums, you know, album sales and, and what's going platinum and gold and, and all this stuff with the weird way you can purchase these days. Okay. Um, <clears throat> are we still open to put this up today? Yeah. Yeah. So we need to wrap it up is what you're yeah. saying. Because, you know, we said for an hour and we're at, yeah, we're at yeah, 140. Well, okay. well, you know, we'll blame it on Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we, I think we answered a few questions. Uh, for a fan like Aaron, he would travel across the country to come see it because he's never seen it. Uh, now, if you had seen it, this is kind of hard to answer, but if you had seen it at, at Epcot, would you still come all the way out to California to see it again? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, because I want to go to Disneyland anyways, probably, yes, it would give me extra incentive to come out. I wouldn't be as motivated, probably. If it comes on uh, DVD, will you buy it? Absolutely. The day of release. Go, it goes in your collection. Yeah. Uh, will you actually watch it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so you'll break it open. You won't keep it mint in box, right? Yeah, no. I mean, I watched uh, This Is It the day it came out on Blu-ray. Okay, fair enough. <coughs> all right, um, Mike, you're going to see it. Your kids want to see it. Or Richard, you said your kids want yeah, to see it. I'll, yeah, we're going to go see I'll it. I'll take the kids to see it because, okay. you know. You'll see it at least once. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, probably end up seeing it a couple times this summer. Uh, Richard, by the time you left today, uh, was there any change in what I saw earlier? As far as the line, no. Okay. So they were basically filling, almost filling a theater every show. There was a constant flow of people, but no stacking up, no backing up. No, nobody was ever waiting for a, the next show. They were always going. They were always going in when the doors were open. It was never that we had to stop the crowd because we filled up the theater. Okay, fair enough. Um, this will be hard, I think, for Aaron to answer. But is this going to be uh, limited success for Disney? I'm saying limited because it's supposed to run briefly, or you know, indeterminate at the moment. Is this going to be a good thing for Disney overall? The, the bottom line is going to bring people in. Uh, you more, know what? More than more than the eight hundred thousand uh, annual pass holders we already have. Or are you asking in comparison to what Honey I Shrunk the Audience was bringing in? No. Um, if let's say Honey had just closed, we or <clears throat> you know, is this going to make a significant impact to the bottom line having this film in? You know, they spent I don't know how much to do this. So when we don't know the ROI on that, but do you think it's going to be a positive thing for Disney? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I, you know, that's a tough question. Disneyland culture is, is different, too. I, I feel like people, there are going to be more people there who probably have fond memories of Captain EO from back in the day whenever it ran than what Disney World would have had if they opened it there. And, I mean, not having grown up in Disneyland, it's hard for me to answer that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much our, our locals who have lived there their whole lives and grown up going to Disneyland, how much are they going to feel inspired to come back and see it just because it used to be an attraction in Disneyland? Yeah. <laughs> See, Good I think point. I think it, you know it'll it'll generate AP crowds like any other new thing Disneyland generates. You know, AP crowds for the first month or so, and then they're going to notice uh, uh, petering out of <coughs> butts in the seats, and then you know at some point there's going to be like a hundred people in there, maybe. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think there's some goodwill here that Disney can gain in the press by especially since they na named it a tribute and they waited and they didn't do it like you know two weeks after he died i think there is a little bit of letting the body get cold calling it a tribute uh doing it for the fans that could get some goodwill some press uh 
and then you're going to get the ones saying, why'd you bother to spend the money? It's not that great. Um, but I did know, you know, the, um, I don't know how to put this without sounding bad, but the race, the diversity in the crowd, <laughs> there, there was a lot more to say fan type t-shirts on a certain aspect of that diversity than not. And, and I don't know if that means anything, but I just happened to notice that most of the people who were wearing EO stuff were of a certain persuasion. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's interesting because I've read a lot about how uh, black audiences had abandoned Michael Jackson. They, they'd stopped being a fan because they felt like they that he had betrayed them until he died, and then they've come back to him. And so, so would you say there's a lot of fair weather Michael fans then? Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I, um, my wife, well, I know we're trying to wrap this up. My wife said there's there's a lady at work in their front office who, you know, never, never, ever talked about Michael Jackson, and she's worked like ten years. The day he died, he was like, you know, best thing since sliced bread. All yeah. Michael Jackson is Michael Jackson. Now it's kind of like when the Angels won the World Series. Now the stadium's full. You well, can't yeah. get a seat. Yeah. They charge a lot more money. And I, I did kind of notice that too. All my brother has always been a Michael Jackson fan. There was a there was a time when my brother was DJing right out of high school. I thought he had turned black, like Michael turned white. <laughs> I thought my brother turned black because he was hardly playing any what you want to call it white music. It was almost all R and B. And in high school, he didn't really like R and B, but I guess it played well for D, the DJ stuff. Um, but he kind of he kind of introduced me. What was Michael's first album where he's kind of laying down? Off, that the, first, off the wall? Is that the one you're that thinking? A, was that his first he, adult he, album? Yeah, off the wall was his first, but he's laying down on the Thriller cover. Oh, is that the Thriller cover? Okay, because yeah. that—that's when I was kind of. He's like, "Oh, this is Michael." I'm like, "God, that's a high voice." But you know, anyways, I, I don't know. I—that's I, interesting, Aaron, that you, you mentioned that. But I—I I thought you know, in all the um, the hoopla over the, the 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 big event when he died and, and everybody coming out, it was. Uh, stacked. The audience was somewhat stacked, but I would I would tend to think that you know people, you know, like in the if some big country artist died, I wouldn't expect a lot of African Americans to be in the crowd. It's just a dynamic of certain types of music draw. You know, if a gangster, a big gangster rap guy died, I don't think you're going to find a lot of vanilla there. You know, it's, <laughs> okay. it's just, it's just. Well, you know, it's funny. I just watched The Enforcer, and I, you know, back in those days, you could still say those those kind of things. I forgot what they were called. Uh, you know, uh, Dirty Harry went into this this place. It was all black guys. They were calling all kinds of honky this, pig that, and all this. I'm like, oh, the good old days. <laughs> Say what you mean, be called a racist, and just move on with it. Nobody cared. Archie Bunker, all the way. Yeah, the, the scene where he goes into the local VFW. Yeah. yeah. Very few whites. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Would you, well, would you say, Aaron, wrapping it up, that his music got away from traditional uh, African American type music of the day? No, I mean, I Michael's think music was Michael. Right, it existed as its own genre. I mean, it always had a heavy R and B bass, which is traditionally black music. I think people felt that he betrayed him because of the uh, changing of his skin color more than anything else. Okay, okay, so it's more that in, in the white women and and all that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do understand that the, the black women really don't like the black men going after the white girls. Uh, so I, I might, you know, you know, Tiger's getting some of that. Okay, right we're now. circling the drain here. Okay, we're <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're treading into uh, dicey territory. Oh, whatever. Come yeah. on, keep uh, growing. Uh, 
Well, thanks, Aaron, for uh, yeah. the insightful. <laughs> yeah. look yes. into the thanks fight. for the last minute uh, invite, you know, or accepting the last minute invite. And yeah, no, thanks for having here. me on. I've, uh, I've, I've always wanted to be on MiceCast, so. Oh, really? Well, then, maybe we should have you back for. Actually, I'd like something to have you back to, to talk about Disneyland. Uh, movies because I've been. Yeah, we, don't, big... we don't do movies a whole lot. No, but, you know, we've talked a little bit about Pixar versus Disney. Sure. And, and um, some and that like Princess and the Frog, I don't think it was the big splash everybody thought it was going to be. It so kind of it kind of had the big splash, uh, and I haven't heard much of it. It's kind of you know. I'm just saying it's not our strength. No, but we have some opinions, and that's so what we always have opinion. Yeah, so no that's shortage kinda, of that. That's that's Aaron's specialty, right? Movies. Yeah, you could say that. So, <sighs> you could say that. Yeah. Well, okay, Aaron, plug your um, all your websites and your your shows before we go. Yeah, uh, my podcast is Zippity Doo Pod, an unofficial podcast dedicated to all things Disney. You can find it at AaronWallaceOnline.com. I also write movie reviews for UltimateDisney.com and DVDizzy.com, but that's all at my website. So okay, so awesome. one one source for all that stuff. AaronWallaceOnline.com. <laughs> Very good. And it'd be nice uh, if you can come visit us in May. Specifically, well, the first really nice for West Fest. Yes. Yeah, no, I would love to, but West Fest is literally the week of my exams. So you know, we pushed it out. back. We pushed it back for someone else's exams, and you, you know, know <clears throat> you I was have, not consulted. You got to have your priorities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we're not your priority. So, quickly, Mike, uh, DPN West Fest is coming up. Yes, uh, April 29, 31, and two of May. Um, the banquet is where. Banquet is at the Red Lion Hotel. Entertainment. Oh, almost ready to announce the entertainment. Almost oh, not, ready. Not, not quite. Okay, the Red Line, you can literally walk in less than seven uh, 15 minutes. Fifteen minutes. It took me twelve. Minutes. Took me twelve, but you know, uh, call from, it fifteen. Call, call it from the uh, fifteen minute zone or right out there by the DPN dorm. Yeah. Uh, in the strip, if you will, the Anaheim strip. Uh, so tickets will go on sale soon. Yes. Soon as soon as the one piece of paper I'm waiting for comes back. And we have any idea on pricing right now? I cannot. I cannot say. Boy, you're just full of information today. I, I am you? full of information. Yes, I have the information. I just can't share it yet. All right, next go week. To the, next go week. to the DPN website. You'll see the uh, current right. schedule of events that is in flux, can change, um, no guarantees, all that kind of Th- good that, stuff. That Mike can talk yeah. about. No, I don't need to. <laughs> go, go, oh, okay. go and... <laughs> all, all right. right. So, so, Aaron, thanks uh, again. I really, yep. appreciate, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was, I have fun. Good. Anything else, boys? Um, just the usual hemming and no. hawing as we try to yeah. say goodnight gracefully. Exactly. I'll, okay. I'll say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Good night, then. Good night. Good night.